The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streamed live. Uh, what's up? Welcome, everybody, to a brand new... Uh, brand spanking and, new. And little technically challenged uh, edition of Critical and Thinking Podcast, Ty Barnett. Ian Harris. And uh, we have a special guest today, a friend of mine from the MMA world, uh, who, who uh, also... Um, you can tell us a little about about, about yourself, but uh, David Dinkin is here. David, thank you for coming. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know My David pleasure. from MMA World. He he he's a, a a great dude that does a lot of um a lot of uh he, he's commissioned stuff for the amateur leagues here in uh in California, and um, used to be a a police officer. Is that that's right, David? Yes, sir. Um, I. Uh... As a child, I was an explorer uh, in the, back in uh, like early 80s, 82, 83. And uh, my dad used to be a sheriff, worked uh, East LA Station and worked vice and uh, different jobs, uh, DA's office and uh, fed jobs. And so I grew up around it. And um, even though I did live with kids that got in trouble and ended up going into prison, I had a choice of getting in trouble or going into law enforcement. And so I did, I became an explorer. And um, from that point on, I, I went into becoming a, I was a police cadet for a little bit at Culver City, and then I was a community service officer with LA County Sheriffs, and then became a deputy, and I was a deputy sheriff for about um, a good eight, maybe uh, eight years, and then I ended up going to uh, Montebello PD, and I ended up retiring from Montebello. Okay. So, nice. you know some shit. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've got to, I, I, you're going to be surprised on actually what I'm kind of like they call, uh, and I, I, I don't use the words often, but I'm a shit magnet. Um, I kind of, you know, wherever I go, things happen. I was in, uh, I was in actual uh, six officer mall shootings, two off duty. Um, I had to take a couple lives. I actually uh, suffered I suffer from PTSD, but it's gotten better. But um, in one of my shootings, I was shot and I had a gun put to my head. The guy tried to execute me. So I actually um, survived some really bad things. Um, I was in the LA riots. I actually had to go to court for Rodney King because I took care of Rodney King at the USC General Hospital when he came in the day he was beaten. Oh. So I know him personally um, or knew him because he passed away. But I really, yeah, knew some things. <laughs> Well, the, 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 let me start, start this by saying the fact that you are a shit magnet and things happen where you are, it makes me glad that we're doing this from three separate locations. So <laughs> <laughs> let me say that off the top. I mean, I'm sorry for all the stuff you dealt with, but I'm glad that you're there and we're here. Oh, I, you know what? I'm not going to lie. One of my shootings was when we were trying to eat lunch and then no one ate with me after that for a while. <laughs> Well, hey, man, let me say this. First of all, thank you for being here. That That's right. one, uh, first and foremost. Secondly, I'm glad that you've survived all of the stuff that you dealt with. Thank you. And thirdly, I'm going to tell you, man, let me tell you, I have the utmost respect for you as a police officer because, again, I, I say this to every cop that the, is good. You perform a service that I would never do. So I, you have you have my utmost respect for that. And so the fact that you've been able to do that for that long and you survived and you're here talking with us is a blessing and so thank you for that and, and really quick well, uh, philip already has a question he wants to know if you could um if you could sort out or kind of describe some police ranks he said basically he wants to know like what does what does a sheriff deputy mean like what is what are the some of the police okay ranks? so real quick um there's the sheriff's department is responsible really for the 
the custody of inmates. And that was their main responsibility, the court system before the marshals took over. And then now they're back running the court system and the jails. But what happened is every city has their local government and they have police officers. But if a city doesn't have a police department, then they have to hire the sheriff's department to come in and to run the area for enforcement. And then sheriffs will always be called the guys that work, not police officers, but deputies. So just like in the town, the old Western, you had the sheriff and you have his deputies. That is what is the sheriff's department. Um, again, their main function is the jails and custody and courts, but they cover police agencies are not uh, handling it. Like LAPD, West Covina, uh, uh, let's see, um, Anaheim police. Those guys don't have sheriffs because they, are, they have their own government that has their own police department. Ah, okay, wow. cool. Now, right. now, we talked about this a little bit before I get, uh, we had a, we had like a half an hour conversation while we were trying to get up live today, but, um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, about, you know, there's a lot of, obviously that the, the shootings going on and, and look, and, um, it's so politicized and it's, and, and this idea that, that every guy who gets shot is, should have been shot because they shouldn't be resisting is nonsense. And this idea that everybody every, who, every who gets well, I'm just saying everybody in general, but yeah, everybody, it's obviously, and for all those of you who say just as many white people unarmed shot as black people, let me explain. Yes, that's true. On average, whatever, I don't know the numbers, it's right off the top of my head, but it's like 400 white, unarmed white people are shot, 400 unarmed black people are shot. The difference is that one makes up 13% of our population, one makes up 67% of our population, which means it's a six to one ratio the other direction. So that's where the disparity is. But regardless and we've talked about that a bunch of times but regardless for me the point is that when we're having these times the person who's getting arrested i don't want to say deserves to be shot but they're doing shit that that yeah what are you supposed to do you got to figure out a way to do it um and a lot of times often they're not and the thing is that um the biggest problem is that it's in my opinion it's, we talked about this last week or the week before when, when you were commenting, Dave, which is why I brought to bring you on. We talked about a lot of it's the training. A lot of it's the training. Like the, the cops are, are not very well trained sometimes in how to subdue people and how to take, and then they're afraid and they're scared for their lives because everyone in this goddamn country is armed. So they're afraid to get shot. And, and the racism piles onto it because black people are scary. And that's what happens. Um, but there's other stuff at play. Whereas they don't, they don't, they ended up not, they never get, they never get convicted. Not never, but rarely get convicted. Um, they, they, pay, they put themselves, they, they, uh, other cops protect them. And they, and it's the old boys network, which is like, you know, you act like a gang. I just watched boys in the hood again last night. Yeah. Someone's going to get shot. <laughs> you act. So you, you have that. And you were talking David about two things about the money and, 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 and why things are the way they are. And also that, now we have cameras and that there's things like people wear the cops wearing cameras and cameras on the car. That, that, that 30 years ago, we would have seen a lot more of these if we had this stuff available. If this happened, if we were to have set it up to where we had cameras 30 years ago, we'd probably be at a better place right now because we'd have been working on the problem a long time ago. This problem is about 40 or 50 years too late. Um, I watch videos sometimes where I see an officer and let's say, um, let's say, and I talked to, I told you to tie to this, this to tie earlier. Um, it's just unfortunate, but you go into the city of 
Diamond Bar, Walnut, Rancho Cucamonga, Beverly Hills, and then you go into Inglewood, Compton, Linwood, Lenox, you're going to see a difference in what you're seeing. You're going to see people that have money, that are well off. You know, the kids are, are going to these schools where the – I mean, they're just – it's a different atmosphere than if I'm into the Compton and where they're having it rough and they don't have jobs and they're, they're hurting financially. And, and these kids are, have a mom that their dad isn't there and, and these kids are trying to make it because they don't have um, – they don't have a way of taking care of themselves. The rougher the, the, the situation for the people, the rougher this, the whole situation for everyone in that area, and, and the families, the teachers, the schools, the law enforcement. So I blame society for the fact that we already have levels of fairness in the way that we have to live our lives. And then what happens when you're in the academy, the first thing back in the day when I went through in the 80s, I mean, it was about officer survival. Don't get killed. Showing us pictures of officers that were killed. So right now, they're setting me up to know that if I go there, I can get killed. So I'm already terrified. Yeah, and I'm going is. out there. And then my hand-to-hand you know, arrest techniques and combat and ability to, to learn how to restrain or talk to somebody, the time in the academy is so quick that it's minimized. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going out there with a gun, handcuffs, um, a baton. And I'm being told that, hey, if somebody, if you get in a fight, that fight, if you lose, you die. I'm thinking, oh, my God. I mean, I can never lose. So we are scared out of our wits. You know, we're going out already with a pucker factor of negative 10. And that's how I'm operating. You know, and it's funny. uh, Go ahead, Ty, but. Well, well, two things I wanted to ask. Um, one was a question for me, and two was a question I've actually wondered for a long time, but Reggie actually asked it. So it's a two-parter. One, uh, do you agree with the, the grand jury's decision in the Breonna Taylor case? So that's one part. And then the other one is something that I always thought was a standard procedure. And Reggie asked, is, um, he says, help me understand a fleeing suspect is no longer a threat, but still gets shot in the back. How is it justified? Because I thought that, you know, once the, the person is running away, they no longer pose a lethal threat and you're not allowed to shoot them. Right. So, um, so you know what, so, Ty, Ty, I don't mean to interrupt. I don't mean to interrupt you. Can you start over? Because something happened to your guys' uh, feed and I got lost you all completely. Okay. Okay. So, so. I had, so I had a, a two-part question. One, uh, do you agree with the officer, the, the ruling in, for the officers in the Breonna Taylor case? And, and so that's, you can answer that second because I think it goes okay. with the rest of what we're talking about. But the uh, question from Reggie here is, help me understand a fleeing suspect. Help me understand. A fleeing suspect is no longer a threat, but still gets shot in the back. How is that justified? Because I was under the same impression that if a suspect is running away, you, there's no need to use lethal force. So, okay, that's, that's a very, very, very good question. And that's actually part of an oral interview question when we go and apply for police officer. So the question, and let me, if I may, that this is the question they ask you and, and when you do your interview. They say you go to a, I get coffee. And as you get coffee, and they make it more personal because they say it's your partner. Your partner goes in, he gets coffee, and all of a sudden you hear shots fired. You jump out of the car, you see your partner down, 
and you see the guy running out and you see he's running and he has the 45 caliber handgun in his hand and he's running away and he's heading towards the neighborhood. Now you have your partner on the floor and you have the guy on the, in the running with the gun in his hand. What do you do? Now, some people said, well, I'm going to go to my partner, man. I got to save his life. And they go, okay, so now you just let an armed gunman go in a neighborhood where there's children, take hostages, kill people in their houses. Because the truth is, we could say he won't do it. He just wants to get away. Or we could say now there's a possibility he could do it. And now we've lost more than one cop. We've lost other people. So then they say, so then you say, well, I would shoot at him as he's running. And they'll say, oh, so you're going to shoot a man in the back. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Um, so you get messed up because there really is not a good answer here because it's a bad what situation. If person, what if the person is unarmed? Like, like now, in, the, in the situation with Walter Scott. Okay. So if I, and I'm going to speak on my, um, I, I, well, let me, let's do this. Um, I had an incident at Denny's and up, if I may use a real situation, sure. yeah, I was in 1994. I went to Denny's. Oh, with you, my had wife. To Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? <laughs> it's because my mom and dad sent me and my wife home with my son who was three months old at the time. who's was now 25. And I had to, uh, she's like, I want to eat. And I'm like, no, let's go home. Um, you know, we have a new, it's our first born. He's crying. I'm nervous. I don't want to go in a restaurant with him. And this was back when Denny's had smoking in one section and no smoking in the other. Right. And we went to the one in Upland and um, she's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh man. So I go, all right, fine. I have my son in the carrier and I'm like sitting there and didn't want to eat or anything. Cause I, he's crying, making a hassle. And the manager comes over. Uh, um, and this guy was funny cause he, he almost looked like Ian, but was with some hair on his head there, Ian. And he said, uh, Hey, you know, I'm a dad. I have seven children. Uh, little ones, big ones, and I can help you watch your son so you can eat. I know you're first-time parents. Anyways, long story short, I got a relationship just right there with this man because, you know, when you meet people and that happens, you start to get to know people. And right. we ate dinner real quick. We took our food to go because I just couldn't handle, you know, the crying. And we went to the pay to leave. And as I went to the register, I put my son down and told my wife to get him. And I saw uh, two young uh, Asian guys come in. And they were wearing hats. And already I got a bad feeling. When you're a cop and you, you train, you, you see signs that aren't normal. And I knew something was up. And they went to the register. Uh, I seen the gun come out. I couldn't tell who was holding because they were so close together. And I'm behind them. And they put the gun at this man's head that a minute ago told me he was going to help me watch my son because me and my wife could eat. And, he, and I knew he had seven children. So now he's looking down a barrel of a gun. And I'm behind him. I had my gun like a dummy. I'm a rookie, so I'm carrying it in one of those stupid fanny packs. And I'm thinking, okay, they're going to see, shoot him, and then they're going to shoot me because they know I'm a cop, is what I'm thinking. Well, anyways, I heard them say that they, they were, the manager was telling them, take the money, please. No one knew what was going on because they were behind these partitions that surrounded the, the lobby. And the man said, please take the money. Please. He's whispering. He didn't want to cause a big chaos in his restaurant. And the guy said to him, I saw the gun come up. He says, you're going to die mother effer. And then in my mind, I said, if he kills him, there's no way I'm going to live because I'm a witness. So I reached for my weapon. I was able to pull it out without them really knowing. And I started shooting them in the back without saying anything. And my instinct was to kill before this man killed them. I ended up, you know, unfortunately when I shot them both, one got wounded. He ran out of the restaurant. Bullets started flying. Thank God my son was already gone. My wife had took my son. I had saw that. That was another thing. When I saw my son and my wife knew what was going on and took him, 
I went from being scared of worried about my family to angry because now I was angry that this guy was threatening me and this man and uh, emotions controls a lot of what we do. And um, I ended up, uh, the guy ended up getting shot. He ran out and the other guy got shot, but he ended up dying in there. I ended up killing him. And it was a 16 year old boy who was unarmed. He, that he didn't have the gun. The other guy had the gun, but I couldn't tell. And the guy ran out. I chased him and he was running down Foothill Boulevard, hopping with his gun in his hand because he was wounded. And I went to shoot him on the run because I saw him running with the gun and a family coming in ran into me and they, the lady screamed because I was in shorts and a t-shirt. And I said, hey, I'm a policeman. And the guy ended up getting to the Winchells next door and getting in a getaway car. But I didn't shoot him as he was running, even though he had a gun, because I didn't have the shot. I had a family that just walked into me. So surroundings dictated what I was to do. Now, going back, and I don't mean to tell you all that story, but that's a similar situation with the guy having the gun. Now, going back to unarmed, the threat is the gun. If the gun is no longer there, the threat is gone, right? right. A right. gun can kill me. A hand cannot. So well, no, to can shoot an unarmed really man. Sure. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 let, let, go ahead. Shoot, shoot, an shoot, shoot an unarmed man. Go ahead. You, you can't shoot an unarmed man. You just can't. Now, I shot an unarmed man, but I didn't see that. He, I couldn't tell if he was unarmed because I saw a gun up in the air going to kill a man in front of me, and I didn't right. know whose hand it was in. And the, the guy that survived got caught. He ended up getting charged for murder of his friend. He was 17. The kid that died was 16. But that was a situation that and I couldn't – I had to make a choice. If I wait too long, this man in front of me is dead and maybe – decided to do was I had to act um, and unfortunately the circumstances ended up being what it was and I'm gonna tell you it destroyed me it destroyed me because that kid he was a kid and anybody that's a human being even if you did the right thing that's not something that you can digest and live with it's it's horrible because right. if you care about people you don't ever want to do something like that you know and well, that's and the problem and, and my thing is like, that's, I, I argued with, it, the other thing that people have to realize is it doesn't matter what they've done in the past. Like I, this, this Jacob Blake sounds like a douchebag, sounds like an asshole. Um, people keep saying he was a rapist. Uh, okay, hold up on the hyperbole. He wasn't a rapist. He was an asshole. Uh, he has a sexual assault charge that he had not been convicted or tried on yet against his wife. Again, that doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it legal. You still can't sexually assault your wife. Uh, what he did is he went up and presidented her. He grabbed her by the, by the hoo-ha. Um, he, he, presidented he, he, he presidented her. He gave her the old presidential treatment and because uh, she thought he was cheating on him and stuck his hand up her and then said, Who's, who you been, who you been screwing or whatever. So she called the, so that's the sexual assault. Okay, again, not right. But that doesn't mean that he needs to get killed at another incident. But my thought with that one was, Poor training. People were like, he had a knife under his car. The only reason we know he had a knife under his car is because he said, I got a knife under my car. And he was like, go walking toward it. And he might have gone and grabbed that knife and said, I'm going to stab you, motherfucker. Okay? That might have happened. But to follow him over there with your gun out, and then when he reaches for the knife, shoot him seven times in the back and go, well, he was reaching for a knife. I feel like if I'm a cop, first off, I wouldn't put myself in a situation where I could get stabbed. But if a guy goes, I'm going to go get my knife, I feel like I'm going to step back six feet. 10 feet 
Right. A partner's got a gun. I got a gun. And I'm going to be like, wait for him to grab the knife and go, put the knife down. Like, I feel like the same thing. Like, a, a, a knife at 10 feet, unless this guy's in the circus and knows how to throw a knife and boom, and he's amazing. A knife at six feet with three armed police officers isn't a threat, in my opinion. Right. Um, and, I, and I'm like, I don't know why that's immediately shot seven times in the back. I, I okay, so let me, ju- let me jump in here real quick. Um, first of all, he should have never got to his car. If Ian, let me ask you a question. And, you, and I can, I mean, I don't know Ty's background when it comes to um, self-defense, but Ian, I know you well enough to know that if somebody, so, I'm sorry? I'm a ninja. <laughs> Okay, then you know what? That's even better than Ian. But uh, Ian, I know Ian well enough to know that if somebody was going to walk away that had to go to jail and Ian was a police officer, Ian would know how to do a simple leg sweep or takedown and would literally have this guy gaffled up without no harm, no foul, nobody get killed. And that guy should have been taken down in a way that they knew how to do handcuffing and and detain him. So he didn't get into that car. Who follows somebody to their car and says, well, let me see what you're going to come up with. Maybe it'll be a gun and you'll shoot me with it. That right. is crazy. That's crazy. It's, it's nuts. And then the other thing that I wanted to go back to, if you guys don't mind, just go back for a second. When David, you were talking earlier about, about the fear. You go in there and they're like, they tell you that this person is going to kill you and all this. What white people in America, and I don't want to just say white people, but let's say privileged people, because um, there are poor white people who understand this. There are rich black people, rich Mexican people who don't understand this, Asian people who don't understand this. I, grow, I live in what used to be the hood in LA. I live in mid-city LA. And, and, Dave, and Ty's been here, Dave, you know, mid-city LA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm three blocks from, from the jungles. Um, you know, we've got Schoolyard Crip and 18th Street and Avenues, and we've got um, Crenshaw Mafia. They're all in this area. Like back in the 90s and early 2000s, this area yep. was rough. And, and I also train guys, you know, from Hawthorne. I train people from all over. I have a lot of young black kids that I've trained with. And I've seen personally multiple times, one time we were running through Hawthorne and a cop just drove by. That's it, drove by Hawthorne Boulevard. And one of our fighters took off running the other direction. Boom, just sprinting. And we're like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, cops, 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 cops. I go, you're running in a chip. You haven't done anything. You don't have anything on you. You're not wanted for anything. There's no warrants out of your, for your arrest. Why the hell are you running? You look like a suspicious, crazy person when we're all running down the street as a team and you see a cop and you take off down the other direction. And he goes, no way, coach. I've been strung up too many times. I've been thrown down too many times. I've been beat up too many times. He goes, for nothing? He goes, it was, it was a talk about fight or flight. And I have a kid here who, I don't know what he is now because this is 10 years ago, but he was about 17 years old. He's my, one of my neighbors, his brothers or cousins or uncles, or there's a whole bunch of them. And they are, uh, a lot of them are gangbangers, uh, in and out of prison. Every time they're out of prison, they're here. There's all kinds of shit going on at my house. They're, they're, they're menaces. They're, they're, a lot, you know, they're, but this one was the young one and he hadn't got into that yet. He was a, he was a nice kid going to school. He looked just like his older brother. And one day I'm outside in my front yard and he comes sprinting up the street sprinting trying to get to his house cop car comes speeding around runs in front of him boom he slams in the cop car they jump out they slam him on the ground they smash his head into the car they ram up there put his hand behind his back and he's like i scream he's like i didn't do nothing i didn't do nothing they're like why are you running and they're smashing his head why are you running from us and he's freaking out 
The mom comes running out. The grandma comes running out. Everyone's freaking out. What are you doing to my baby? Blah, 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 blah. They search him all up, whatever. It goes on for about 20 minutes. They let him go. And afterward, I go, dude, what, what was that about? He goes, I don't know. He goes, they just came after me. And I'm like, but I saw you sprinting up the street. I go, why were you sprinting up the street? He goes, well, I was, I was walking to the store and I saw them roll past me. So I figured I better run home. I go, why, what are you doing? Nothing, you selling drugs? No, do you do something? No, why would you run? He goes, I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. I'm, you know, I'm scared of the, the cops. You know, they do this shit to me all the time and to my brothers and all this sort of stuff. So that's two people I know personally that I've seen see a cop panic and run away while they were doing nothing and the well, don't run away it's like if you've grown up a certain way their response is cops are crooked cops are gonna are, are gonna do this and they're gonna throw me down the ground and beat me up and kill me i better run back to my house before they see me and the cops see a black dude run from them and go there's a criminal and i understand that but it's like that's a culture that we need to do something about and, and so real quick, because uh, I wanted to go back, because I wanted to get an answer on the, um, the Breonna Taylor ruling, and then I want to address what you just said, Ian, in a second. But uh, Dave, Dave, what did you think? What did you think? Do you think that Kentucky got that right by not charging the officers for Breonna Taylor? Um, the, uh, the only reason why I'm not re really sure, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have been charged, but I would want to know what happened there a little bit more in detail like like ian said earlier first of all why was the warrant a just a no knock open the door go in because ian's right if i'm in my house with the way things are right now and someone comes in my front door the first thing i'm thinking is they're coming to cure me and my family i'm going to use force and right. i mean i'm going to protect my family so I don't know Kentucky's if it's a cop a, or not. A castle state, by the way. Kentucky is a castle state. You're a castle law, whatever. You're allowed to shoot if somebody comes into your house. Well, not all states are allowed. Believe yeah. it or not, California. Um, the joke was, and it's not funny, but the thing was, okay, someone's trying to kill you, and you shoot them in the porch. They say drag them in the house because you can't shoot them on the porch. Right. My my point is this: um, if if someone that's why those cameras are important. If I knock on the door and we knock, bam, 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 uh, police, uh, you know, LA County Sheriff, whatever, and no response, and we say search warrant, search warrant, and we kick the door and go in, right. now that knock and notice, which is very important, lets everyone, especially nearby here, that the police are here, we're coming in, don't shoot us because we have a warrant. That's what that's supposed to mean. Now, does everybody follow that? No. Now. Let's go back to the incident. If, well, uh, let me use the one with the guy that in the, in the restaurant. I killed a 16-year-old boy that wasn't armed. The other guy had the gun. I didn't know that. I couldn't tell. Now, if I go into your house with a warrant and I'm letting you know police, which you're supposed to announce, I would never, even as a cop, I would never want to go into someone's house and not tell them who I am because they're going to want to kill me because they think I'm a burglar. I mean, right. so if she was, this guy, let's say he pulled a gun and I, and I don't know, like I said, the evidence that what I wish I knew more, but he pulled a gun and they shot him and the bullet missed him and hit her because she was right next to him. That's a tough one because if they said police sheriffs come in, 
he picks up a gun and points it at him. Um, and you guys see the movie Colors? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. The guy's, you know, is intimate with uh, that girl, and and he's they're doing it, and they come in, and the cops come in through the door, and he goes, they go, don't move, don't move, and he just for the floor, and I shoot him in the back. Today, man, that would be a hard one to clear because he's grabbing for his pants. But the problem is the threat was there to what if it was grabbing a gun? How much time do I have to shoot him once I see he has a gun in his hand? I might not be so lucky. I might end up being dead. And that goes back to what I told you guys earlier about the fear. You know, you got to be first because if you're not, you could be dead. It's, it's, it's really tough. Now, so, really quick, really quick. And Ty, do you, I, I don't even remember, why were they at her house? They were trying to execute a search warrant that they got uh, for looking for a suspect, and the suspect did not live there, and they didn't find any drugs there. So they got issued uh, a warrant for a place that they weren't, was the wrong location. Okay. So that that's one part. So but at also, least there should be negligence on the part of it, who oh, there, and, there and will is, be. There and, will be. And, I, and here's my thing. I don't think there will be. I think they're going to take the $12 million payoff and they're going to let whatever settle down from this bullshit uh, wanton endangerment uh, charge and they're going to hold people forget about it. That's what it's going to be on that. But Sekou, who's also, we've had him on the show before too. He's a cop in New York. Um, and he said, uh, to your point earlier, David, when you say, he said, true indeed, uh, I was trained that we aren't allowed to lose fights. So to your point, from earlier in the show. Right. Uh, right. Here's why, why I asked you specifically about Walter Scott and um, Ian brought up Jacob Blake and we just talked about Breonna Taylor. And right. you, all of us were talking about this before the show went live. The, the people have to, to acknowledge that there is a protection that cops get that they should not get. Now, when I say cops, I, don't, I mean certain cops because there's an, also a case of a Somali cop uh, in Minneapolis, last year, sitting in his patrol car, white lady walks up on the car, taps the car. He fires his weapon because he's freaked out. And I mean, I guess he feared for his safety, like most cops say that they do. Uh, he shoots the lady, white lady, accidentally. No, no knee on her neck, no choking her out, no nothing like that, no seven times in the back. Um, that cop, that Somali cop did not get uh, the Blue Lives Matter seal, seal, uh, seal of approval. He didn't get the community uh, on his side saying all blue lives matter no matter what, and he feared for his safety. Uh, he got 12 years in prison, and the white lady got $20 million. All of that happened within a year, and it happened in the same city where George Floyd needed national riots millions of dollars in damage just for them to even arrest the cops. And we're still trying to figure out how that's going to go. The reason why I'm saying all of this is because while I have the utmost respect for the good cops, I'm very tired of seeing this blue wall of, of protection protect all cops when all cops mm -hmm. don't deserve it. All cops aren't honoring the badge. They aren't honoring the shield. They aren't honoring the oath. They aren't honoring right. the people that they swore to protect and serve. Right. And when we, when, and to Ian's point about the two people running, when we see that as black folks, when we see that and we constantly see that they are going to get the benefit of the doubt, they are going to get 
you know, no, no matter what, we got to believe the coppers, even if they planted drugs. And you know this from being on the force in, in the 90s and all of those cops that got caught up actually planting evidence. Yeah. And and they kind of swept that under. The, I mean, it happened. We saw it in the news, but it wasn't like a right. major thing to where people like, yo, look at all of these cops yeah. that were crooked. Right. And what do you think is going to take to because to Ian's point, it is a, a perception. From the from us as the community and you guys as the cops, what do you think is going to take for this to change? And do you think that's even possible to change? Um, it is going to change. Um, I believe that we're in a bad time of our life because people's emotions and intensity is super high right now. Um, as Ian could tell you from the fight game, some of your best fighters are the ones that don't take it personal. That go in there and they fight like an athlete. And they use technique and skill and those guys win. They don't lose and they don't come out uh, not able to fight again because they're all angry and just go in there with hate, wanting to hurt and practically kill the other opponent, which to me is ridiculous. And what's sad is you see that with everything in life, cops and, and bad guys. Some cops are like, they'll chase you for a mile, rip their pants over the fence, uh, fall down, get hurt. And this whole time they're going, man, when I catch that son of a B, I'm going to kick his ass because I ripped my pants. I hurt my knee and they take it personal. And then when they catch him, he gets hit with the flashlight 10 times. Right. Right. And you've got the guy, the cop that's professional, that doesn't take it personal. He runs, he rips his pants, he falls down. But when he catches a guy, he's like, all right, man, I got your game over handcuffed. The guy didn't fight. He says, I'm pissed. You ripped my pants, jokes about it, but you're going to end up paying for that. You're going to jail. Two scenarios, same situation, but two different people involved. You got the cop that when we find out a cop, well, give example me, my career, it was getting to a point where I would have trouble keeping it together because I was getting angry so quick and so paranoid because of my shootings and PTSD that I had to take a retirement. I took out medically because I was too messed up physically, but also psychologically, I was not good anymore to do this. Um, I was now driving around paranoid thinking something was going to happen every time. You can't be operating like that. When they see there's a cop and he's struggling like that with his, his you got to get him out. You got to get him out because Thank he's you. not going to do it right. Thank you for saying that, bro. Well, and, and, I think our, our listeners needed to hear that, bro. Thank you and, for understanding how serious that is. And what I wanted to point out, too, to both your points and what Ty was saying uh, about protecting each other, my, 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 my statement earlier about, being, about it being like in a gang, if I were, and Ty said this many times before and posts and stuff in the back, is that if I were a cop and my fellow police officers were doing this stuff, A, I would want, I personally would want to rat on them, get them out, whatever the deal is, because not only does it make me look bad, I mean, I have honor and integrity, so that's one thing. But even if I didn't have that, it makes me look bad, but it also puts my life in danger. And that's what I was saying about like a gang. If you're in a gang and you've, if you're, if you're, you know, rolling 60 crip and you've never shot anybody in your life. Okay. Well, your life is still in danger every time you go down Crenshaw <laughs> because there's going to be the rival gang that's going to see you and know who you are and you're going to get shot. You could be the brother of a guy who's in that gang and associate. And the point is that if the perception is 
the cops back themselves. They're going to plant evidence. They're going to, they're not going to try you. They're going to, if there wasn't video cameras there, that they would sweep it under the rug and they would kill you. If that's the perception, then people are going to start, as we're seeing, disrespect cops and go after cops as if they're criminals. You can't act like you're in a gang and then ex not, not expect the other gang to retaliate. And I'm not saying all cops. I'm not even saying most cops. But when there is a, we've seen it in LAPD, this, when there's this culture of we back ours, it's our tribe. And even when our guy does something wrong, we don't arrest him, we don't do anything about him, we don't try him. Once you do that and the other people find out about it, then other people start going, well, I guess we got to do vigilante justice. And that's yeah. wrong, but that happens. And we can't be surprised when people are like, well, they're not going to get away, so I'm, I'm, they're, they're not going to get any time. They're just going to be able to kill whoever they want. I mean, I, I used this analogy before. If, and it's fuzzy because look, your knee on your neck might, the knee on the neck might be a, a, a technique that, that they use and it may kill somebody, it may not kill somebody, their intention may not be to murder. But if you're beating somebody with a flashlight and I know that, that a, a handful of hits with a big flashlight in the back of the head could kill me, that's assault with a deadly weapon, that's, that's attempted murder. If I see Ty beating somebody with a flashlight in the street, and I dive in and knock Ty off and take the flashlight or whatever, I'm a hero. If I see Ty sexually assaulting somebody in the street and I jump in and, 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 and I'm a hero. But if Ty's a cop and he's beating somebody with a flashlight, I can't do anything or I get killed or tried. And the thing is, if we reverse those roles, if all of a sudden that cop was sexually assaulting somebody, no one would be like, well, that's cool. Everyone would be like, you got to do something about it. Exactly. But when it's murder, exactly. when it's beating you in the head with a flashlight, we have to go, well, you know, we have to let them because that's their job. And it's like, that, that's hard to deal with. And, and, and this, this is why, I, and I want to I I get your answer on that, David, real quick. Okay. I, wanna, I wanted to mention something uh, Lamont said in reference to the Breonna Taylor thing real quick. He said, and they already had the suspect in custody. So when they issued the warrant, the person that they were looking for, they already had in custody. Go ahead, bro, you, uh, to Ian's point. Uh, well, let me stop before I go there because um, I'm hearing these details that I didn't know about. If someone's in custody, then why are we going to someone's house? Exactly. exactly. Somebody's been yeah, arrested already. That they're, so many, okay, see that right there, that requires a, see, that requires like a federal agency to come in and investigate that whole situation right. because something ain't right. That is not right. That is, Agreed. I mean, someone shouldn't be in jail and then you're going to a house. Maybe you're going to a house to look for drugs. Well, if you're going to the house to look for drugs, you can't go in there with the force thinking that the bad guy with the guns inside that, I mean, th that situation, I'm going to be honest with you. That needs to be really taken apart and find out what the heck went wrong there, because that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right at all. Thank, thank you um, for saying that, bro. Uh, because I, I, I think for us, uh, and I don't want you to lose track of what Ian said, because I want to hear your thoughts on that. But for me personally, and and for the other people that are watching on this end, I can tell you as a black man, it it means a lot to hear someone in law enforcement actually say something is wrong. And because yes. that's that's where that's where we are now because we don't get that into what Ian said when you're protecting someone that you see is doing obvious wrong, it's it's hard for us as the community to still hold you to a higher standard 
or, or even look at you in a different, other than a gang. You just wear a, a blue uniform. So, so, so here's the thing. You say that. The gang concept, and I understand, I understand why that is being said. So here's the thing, and we'll go back to fighting as an example. When fighters come out, they have an entourage. And that entourage and all the supporters, the guys from their gym, their family, their friends. And Ian knows, man, when it comes to combat sports, man, the family, they're like, they all want to get in the cage and help fight that guy. And the problem is, this concept is even... Hey, David, do you want to speak a little bit? And, and, um, he's cutting out. He lost it. He'll come he's back got, on. I think he's got a bad on. signal. Dang it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And um, here, let's, no. let's go. David, I think, you, I think you got a little bad signal. You were cutting in and out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, what would happen is, this happened earlier. It like I lose you guys, and then it tells me it's reconnecting me back on again. Oh, nice. So, well, we can hear uh, you now. <laughs> so, the game concept is something that we need to work on, and I'm going to tell you work on something like that. I look at some of these videos and I see the videos of the cops stopping to play basketball with some of the kids in the neighborhood and the guy that went out there and stole the football. One of the things that we used to do is we try to do things, interact with the public. It was a day that we were doing that. And the people in the public, the neighborhood, the guys that patrolled got to know the people in the neighborhood. And what happened is they were poor. And that rapport used to work really well in preventing situations because I went in foot pursuit, I'd be, hey, hey, I know that that's Danny or that's Johnny. Don't, I don't, don't officer doing it. Don't, hey, be cool. And it was, it was, David, can you move to a different, David, is there, is there a different part of the house you can move to? You're, you're really can cutting you in and out. You're really cutting in and out. Is there a place you can try to find a different signal? Um, the signal um, let's see. Bad. While while he's while he's doing that, I want to address uh, a couple questions here. A, a, a comment. Reggie said. Um, Reggie said in the early '80s, my brother was uh, in youth authority, locked up, and we constantly had sheriffs coming to the house saying that he did stuff that he couldn't possibly do because he was already locked up. <laughs> and 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 to what he just said, and, and, and Thank for you, every one of those. It's 10 others in, in other parts of the country. And this oh. is why I say, let, let's go back for a second to the, the history of what, what officers were. You know, like, I mean, they, they, from, from the early slave days where they went out there to round up slaves. That's, they, they, they gave people a badge and they went out there and they helped round up slaves. And that's what a lot of modern day black people compare these, some of these officers to. Now, when I say this to you, I'm saying it as somebody who's had interactions with cops that could have went another way, but didn't. You know what I'm saying? They 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 didn't. They weren't abusive. Right. I mean, even though I did come across one that I was like, if it wasn't broad daylight outside and we weren't on the freeway, I'm pretty sure this dude would have tried to be more fucking aggressive. I am pretty sure. But for the most part, and I tell people this, I am never one of those people to be absolute about a demographic of people because I know good cops. We, we've had good cops on the show. They say, cool, there, there's, uh, there's uh, Dwayne, you. I mean, from what I know about you, you know, uh, aside, yeah. from the Denny's, aside from me and the Denny's, that's, that's different. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. But, 
but uh but so so good cops you guys do exist and the fact that you said the things that you said gives me a little bit of hope that people well, out there understand let, what's at stake let me let me jump in real quick um when you say good cops i'm going to be honest with you um I think I, I wasn't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this to you guys. I wasn't a good cop. I could have been a good cop. I wish I would have been a better cop. And the reason why I say I wasn't a good cop, it's sad because we all find that time in our career where we lose it and make a mistake. We, see, we can't, we are in a job. It's like a priest. You, you're in a job where you have to hold a certain standard no matter what, no matter the situation, no matter the time of day, no matter what. You need to hold a standard that has got to be 100% all the time. And the problem we have is we need to work on working on officers and getting them help, working with their situation, training them better, because this is a specialty. I wouldn't have a cook, because he works with knives, come in and be my surgeon, because, that's, because he can cook and cut up meat for me to eat. It doesn't mean he can cut my spleen and do right. surgery. Um, it takes a professional. This is a professional position. We need to be professional. And when I say good cop, I'll give you an example. Um, one time um, I was out in the field. I'm working in an, uh, one of my agencies and I get calls to go out and handle these uh, gang members, Hispanic gang members that were, they were just causing havoc on the street. Man, music, drinking and the neighbors are like man it's late at night i think it must have been like 12 o'clock and people want to sleep but they're too afraid to sign a complaint because you know these gang members they know the neighborhood they're like you better not tell on us or we're going to come and pay you a visit so these people call us and we go out there and we go out there the gang runs up into the apartment and we get there and we're looking around and we're like hey they're not they're inside we can't really go in there and just walk in their house we can knock on the door and these guys are flat out f you I mean, this is in the mid nineties. F you, you can't do anything. You have no warrant. Um, we're just, you know, we're not doing anything. And, and the truth is we couldn't go in their place because it was loud music. They were drinking, but they were inside. And even though they were playing loud music, we needed a complaint to arrest somebody and no one signed a complaint. So this happened three times within the hour. And I'm trying to patrol and do my job. And I can't, cause I gotta keep coming back and deal with these guys. So I was mad, I was angry. And what happened was I became unprofessional. I go there the third time, I get on my PA. I say, you know, my agency is declaring war on the gang's name. And I did something unprofessional by yelling that on the PA. And then we get to the, the apartment, they run inside again. And I decide, well, let me find a way. How could I get them out? Because they come out, now we got our hands on them and we can check them, we can detain them. We could do the things that you just said. and because we're the police, right? And they're causing us to come back and forth. But that's our job. Unfortunately, that's our job. But we were getting fed up. And because we took it personal, I went ahead and I let the air out of their tires, out of their, their uh, Monte Carlo, because I knew that they were going to get angry and they'd want to come outside. And then guess what? Now I got them. But they didn't. They got mad. They were cursing, yelling. Um, so I did that. Unprofessional, conduct unbecoming. Uh, an officer that worked in the gang unit, because they were there, ended up going back, and I get called in by the lieutenant, and I got days off without pay. I got in trouble because an officer told him that I had done this. That was the right thing to do. I was wrong. And those days, believe it or not, 
are coming back because cops are realizing my career, my retirement, my family is not worth some idiot guy that works with yeah. me who does stupid things. And your, so life, isn't, your life isn't either because, because that puts you in danger. It sure when, does. When, when people think all oh, cops are bad and they think that you're, you know, they, they, they think that you're there to, 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 you know, if I'm a gangbanger with a gun and I don't, and I don't know you and I don't, and I just, and you're just some, some cop that I think is there to plant something on me, your life's in danger because of the, the behavior of other cops. And the sad thing, the sad thing about it, what Ty said earlier, if you remember, we were all around the same age growing up. I mean, I remember this agency, someone called 911 in a a neighborhood that I live in. The cops came, they were pissed because they had to come out. And one of the kids, and we were just kids, we were like teenagers. And one of them was mouthing off. And he goes in his yard and says, well, you can't come in my yard. You don't have a warrant. And I saw this cop grab this kid, throw him in the car. They took off. The other cop stayed with me, um, and I was scared. I'm sitting on the curb, man. I'm like, I ain't getting up because I know that they'll just – and I mean, I became a cop, right? I'm, but as a kid, I was like, this cop's going to whoop my ass if I even get smart with him. Right. Because to my mind back in that day, cops, we thought, had the right just to slap the shit out of us, right? That's why those guys right. ran when they saw them because back in the day, there was a, a situation where police were, believe it or not, should have been – what we are today, more professional, and we weren't then. So I ended up sitting there. Well, this guy comes back with the kid, teenager, and basically he went for a ride behind a local market and got his ass kicked for being disrespectful. Now, tell me, is that police work? That is not police work. You know what that was? That was street justice that these cops decided they could do because before, back in the day, cops had this unwritten authority to be like our spanking parents. Well, that's not today. No, today, it, we need to be letting, doing it right. And, 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 and I think, go ahead, Ian. No, I just want to really quick before we go, because there's two people that make comments that go to say to that. Uh, one, Chad, Chad over here asked, he says, uh, he goes, do you think there should be a maximum number of years that a cop should have be on active duty patrol? And then similar on the same vein, Philip says, uh, do police have, have help to deal with emotional aspect of policing? So two, two questions. Do you, do, you think, do you think there should be a maximum term of years uh, to be on active duty? I think that could stop corruption. It could stop PTSD. And then is there, is there emotional support, like active emotional support? I think that uh, cops should rotate and work different areas, positions. Most of the jobs we have, are, uh, what's tough is involves enforcing the law, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, if you think about it, our job is the only job where we always have to give bad news. Writing the tickets, bad news. Taking you to jail is bad news. Telling you your family member died is bad news. Going to the domestic house call where their parents are fighting in front of the kids, bad news. We're never really like the firemen putting out the fire and be like, yay, you're heroes. But um, Chad's right. We need to rotate around maybe different areas, get to know people. Like if I was a cop and I worked this area, then that area, then that area, I'm getting to know all the people so that if I end up going in an area I don't know, I don't end up having a conflict because I know the people in this neighborhood. We don't, we've lost touch with our neighborhood that we patrol. Yeah. We've lost touch yes. with the people. So now we're going in blind, already high anxiety. Now, as far as the social, the question about emotional care, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. We keep working and working and working and working, but no, at no time, 
except when I had my, when I had my shooting, I went and saw a psychologist for like a week. He put me on meds. He was like, he's good to go. I went back to work because I said I was fine because obviously you don't want to say you're not fine. Right. Um, you need to go to work. So you're probably lying because you're afraid that you're going to lose your job because that's your income. That's all you know how to do. So there's a problem right there. But if we were to constantly have behavior health people involved, checking with teams of officers and going into the department and having these meetings, going to the briefings, hey, you know, let's talk. How are you guys doing? Hey, I heard you had a fight the other day. How are you feeling? Are you still upset? Let me tell you something. We would start to have a little bit more uh, control because we're getting treatment while working the job. Right, right. now, we get zero, none. Now, see, when you say that, when you, when you, were you want to say something? No, I just said that it's insane. Uh, when you say that, uh, David, and, and here's what trips me out because the, the topic of defund the police comes up and people, for some reason, don't understand what defund the police means. Well, it's, it's horrible, yeah. horrible verbiage. Whoever, wrote, whoever it, made up that term is stupid. It's, but, it's reform but, the police, but it's just a dumb yes. name. Right. So, so to me, if it seems that police are getting, they, they have money, people are putting money into the thing. That's why people want that money to go into other programs, like social mm -hmm. programs and different stuff like that. Mm -hmm. My question is, is, is why wouldn't they be providing that for you guys? Because the money's already there. This is not like you guys need more money for these things. It's just like, why is that not, why is that time and those, those uh, resources not allocated to you guys to do that because for me, and it, it, again, this is one of the reasons why I couldn't do what you do. I don't care about other people that much. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm not saying, and I'm, let me say that, let me say that in, in this better, better way. I don't care about random people that much to go put my life on the line on a daily basis and, and, and make myself a human shield. I don't. Friends and family, yes. If it's a situation where I see a child or, or animals like that, yeah, of course. But to say I'm putting on a uniform, I'm about to go out here and patrol these streets, that ain't me. I'm not that dude. So the people who choose to do that, it's just amazing to me that the system is not set up to, to give you guys the the not just the protection of someone not ratting you out for doing foul shit as a cop, but the protection mentally to say, like you said, hey, I heard you had a fight today. Let's talk about it. I heard you had to shoot somebody at, at a restaurant. Let's talk about this. And, and not put that pressure on the officer to come back to work when they're not right. ready to come back to work. Because Dave Chappelle said something. Uh, he said this when he did the 846 thing, when he did the, the thing. And he said that he got pulled over uh and a cop and he was freaking out he thought it was going to be it for him and he said as he was nervous and everything the cop you know he, he he the cop noticed that he was nervous and he said what's what's going on dave he said nah i'm just you know just want to make sure everything's okay he said man you ain't got to worry about that man you you dave Chappelle, don't worry about that man and they let him go that same cop the next night ended up shooting an unarmed black man right and 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 so my my thing is is i guess for such a stressful job for such a stressful occupation, something that you're doing on a daily, is the police union, do the police unions lobby for you guys to, to say, yeah, no, 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 we need more of this, as opposed to, you know, just the protection of saying we're not going to tell on each other. Do, do you guys do that? Well, let me, let me give you an example of, I want to back up to something that maybe, I'm going out on a limb to say this, but I'm going to say it like it is. 
Um, right now I'm a social worker and, um, I also, you know, I, I know Ian's stance on, on spirituality, but you know, I'm a Christian and, and I wish I would have been a godly man and a social worker before I was a police officer, because with those skills that I have now, I would have been a better cop because I would know how to deal with people in other ways and just using force, um, and trying to talk to them, um, and having a heart for people. When you say about going out and caring for people, the truth is that's something that I hate to say it. It has to build up because most people that become cops, um, I would say a portion of them, a good portion of them, they're military and that's all they could do after they leave the military. So now you've got yep. soldiers going into a position of authority with a gun and having to try to go out and know the difference between combat and police work. Right. Then, well, in, in the military, everyone's the enemy. In police work, you're there to well, protect those people. Exactly. Right. That's, and that could be a big problem right there. So we have to work on that right there. When you take military, not that I'm saying military is, is like that because they're in the military, but they're in a position where they are soldiers and you can't, to make a soldier a police officer, you have to do some, some work with them because they're not soldiers as cops. And sometimes right. they just go back to, like Ian knows, you go back to your training and what do you know? And that is, well, I just know how to fight and defend myself. Right. Um, and that's not always the answer in situations. Yeah. Um, the other thing is a lot of people that became police, even myself, I remember growing up and I just wanted to be respected. I wanted authority. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people become cops because they really want to be able to be an authoritative figure because they didn't have that growing up and they want to oh, be. That is amazing that you are saying this. <laughs> it's true. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm mad because I swear to God, bro, if you were to say this, us as civilians, we would, we would always think stuff like this, but it's good to hear you say that. Continue. I, well, well, it's, it's, and the reason I'm, I, I want to say this is because these are the things that if we were to work on these issues and we were to take somebody, let's say like myself, that wanted a position of authority and realize, hey, you know, we understand we, you're here because you just want to make a difference and have authority. But remember, you're here to serve. You're not here to be served. And yeah. so... Um, there is a portion of people that go out there and they actually, you know, they want to put the bad guy in jail and be a hero like Captain America. And that's the way they think. They think, oh, we're the, you know, we're, we're really like Superman and Batman, which, you know, that's not the case. But so you've got three different kinds of people. You've got people that just want to get a position that they get to be able to, you know, have authority. You've got people that are military that are, what am I going to do now that I'm out of the military? I'll become a police officer. And then you have the ones that I want to be a hero, a superhero. Right. And all three of them really, uh, they're not really what police work is. So right. Right. to be a cop, I mean, I tried to become a fireman and I couldn't get a job as a fireman paramedic. And I had said, well, I'll be a sheriff. I mean, that was my second choice because I really wanted to be a fireman. But my, my point is, is that we have to get in there and we have to see, okay, guys, these are the criterias of a good police officer. Right. Uh -huh. We need to find out where you're suffering in this area. Well, and also I, wanted, I wanted to point out something too that you said twice now, maybe three times, David, and, and Ty, when he said the, the Dave Chappelle story, um, it, 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 it's something that I think is super key and I don't know why this isn't a bigger deal. Um, and it reminds me also, speaking of another comedian, it reminds me of Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor did a bit about, about you know, black people and cops. And he goes, because, you know, you white people, he goes, 
you know who that cop is. That's, off, that's Officer Timpson. Hello, Officer Timpson. Hello, Charles, right? Where it's like, it's like, we don't know him as Officer Timpson. We just know him as, you know, the dude that's, that's going to run us down, whatever. Like, but, but the point is that we, we are tribalistic. And right. one of the reasons racism is a problem in policing in some level, like we said, aside from the fear and all that, but is that biologically, I mean, we have to fight through this. The reason racism exists in, in, in reality is through evolution, through biology, we tend to gravitate toward the things that we feel most like are most like us. When people say they respect life on the planet, oh yeah, but you'll kill a spider, but you won't, you won't kill a mouse. You might kill a mouse, but you wouldn't kill a cat. You would never kill a dog. You know what I mean? There's things that, why? Because those things are closer to us. This dog is more human to me than a spider. Um, oh, that white guy looks more like me than that black guy. So my brain says, hey, that's more normal to me. But when my point is, in small towns and in the old days, they used to have to know the community, even live in the community. And I think they have to do something because again, if those two dudes that rolled up on my neighbor knew him, you know, what's up, Vincent? Yep. What's up, Officer Timpson? Yep. It wouldn't have been a problem. And nope. if, if, if these guys, I mean, like, well, the problem with the George Floyd thing is that maybe they actually did know each other and they had a little bit of rivalry. But the fact is that for the most part, if you know these people, first off, you're not going to want to shoot them as much because you have a friendly right. thing with them. They're now part exactly. of your tribe. If you've never seen them and they're anonymous to you, you're not going to shoot them. If it's, even if it's a, a guy you know, if one of my guys at the gym was crazy and was like off on drugs and was going to rob a bank and I caught him, I wouldn't shoot him. I'd be like, hey, bro, it's me. Yeah. Put the gun down. Let's talk about this. You know, right. it's your coach over here, right? right? Let's chill out. Let's not rob the bank, right? right. And I would do that before at all costs before I shoot that guy. Where if he's a random guy, I'd be like, crazy guy, boom. You're robbing a bank, he's got a gun, boom. But if it's like, oh shit, that's Bill. Hey Bill, it's me. Chill down, chill out a bit and let's yeah. talk about this. And I think if people knew their community, the, the people knew the cops, they wouldn't be afraid of the cops. The cops wouldn't be as afraid of them. And you would have that rapport of, that's a dude I know by name. Like in my neighborhood, there's still gang bangers and shit in my neighborhood. I've been here almost 20 years now. I see these kids walking down the street. I've seen kids with guns sticking in their pants, no shirt, walking down the street, gang tattoos all over. And they see me, they go, hey, sir. Because they know me. They know I fight. They have respect for me. And they know I live in this neighborhood. And when I first moved in here, they were like, what's this? Like, we were literally the first white people to live in the neighborhood. And they were like, what's this white dude living in this neighborhood? Now they're like, oh, that's Ian. Hey, what's up, dude? Like I get people, somebody stopped me when I was running home from the gym the other day. Some guy was like, kind of looked like he was tough, like thug kind of dude. And he was like, hey, what's up, man? You have that, hey, hey, yeah. When's the gym going to be open? <laughs> I want to come train at your gym. Can you teach me how to fight? And I'm like, if I didn't know that dude, I would have been like, uh-oh, local gang member, right? Pants sagging, no shirt, gold chain, walking down the street all tough. And he sees me, he's like, hey. And it's yeah. like, that's because we have a rapport. He knows me, I know him. I mean, we didn't know each other before, but we at least were familiar with each other. Now we know each other. Now I know who he is. He knows who I am. We're friends. And, and so see, I, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by it has to be something more than just I'm here to enforce the law. I, I and, and being from Chicago, I always I would always trip out about this. And Ian, you didn't get to see the other side of Chicago. You just saw, you know, the north side and all that. But no, actually, I, actually, that's not true. I actually spent the first time I went to Chicago. 
I did, I spent all my time in, on the south side? in the south side. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. well, one of the colleges I did was in the south was, was bordering south side. And uh, okay. the hotel they put okay. me in was actually in the south side. <laughs> uh, I don't think it was the worst part of the south side though, though. No, I don't think so, it was the worst so part. Then you, so then you'll know that in, in, with, the, with Chicago, there's a difference between the police on the south side and the police mm. on the north side. The police on the north side are there to make the, 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 the white people feel safe about shopping and being out there with their cameras and, and, and look at all the expensive stuff you can go buy. And there's a waterfront over there. Don't you want to go over there and take a picture and do all this? Whereas opposed to the cops on the South side are just there waiting for shit to pop off. And that attitude is something that, that you can feel it. Like you really can feel it. like, I don't feel, and sometimes it's like that in New York too. Like, like there are certain parts, certain boroughs and actually Sekou is, is uh, a, the cop in New York and I'm sure he can attest more to this because he had actually had a, a question. So two things real quick. Reggie said there are cops uh, that will be writing up uh, our arrest report and uh, know they did and, and they will know that they did wrong and then talking to their partners on what they should write inside the department, meaning that they're about to write up a false report and their partner will either cooperate with that with them or not say that it's false. That's one. One thing I want you, want you to address, David. And then Sekou said to your thing about the medication, he said, you will lose your job if prescribed psych meds as a cop. Is that true? So a cop can't be on psych meds. Yeah, you can't operate. I mean, that, that would be a field day for any attorney that found out a cop to operate on psych meds. So that's true. You have to be able to, what we call um, a, what's the word I'm looking for? It is a fitness for duty. You need to be fit for duty at all aspects. So are there cops that are like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And not good. Yep. Are there military that say, I, I'm good. I'm good, uh, Sarge. I'm good. And he's not good. Yep. I mean, you uh, fighters, a coach, I'm good. I got another round in me and he's done and he should go out because he's going to get his head taken off. Yes, we tend to go over what we, we tend to go beyond what our capability is because we don't want to fail. No, humans are naturally don't want to fail. They want to succeed. They want to be successful, even if it means, um, how many times have we seen people go, I was doing good and then I cheated because I wanted to keep doing good. I mean, because I couldn't do good anymore. So now I decided to find another way to get there. And right. with the report, um, well, I'm going to tell you that, yes, that, that there are probably plenty of reports out there that should have been written differently. Um, and again, we're going back to the concept of, here's the thing. I catch you, I arrest you. And the problem we're having is, I have a problem because I went too far on the arrest. Now I have to find a way because now I realize I screwed up and I have to find a way to complete the arrest. Because if I go back and say the example of that guy that beat that dude and then said, you could go home, you don't beat people up and then let them go home. So cops started realizing, um, Oh damn. Okay. Well now I'm, 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 I bought the farm, but that's the bad part. We've got to find ways that cops, number one, don't make those mistakes, but if they make a mistake, it's not a mistake that can't be corrected where they don't have to do something worse and worse and worse to continue on with this mistake. 
Well, and can, can, I, can, I, can I make a suggestion? We, and we actually have to go because we're late. We're getting a lot of great comments, by the way. Everyone, <laughs> Philip just said, God damn, this is great content. <laughs> um, right? I, I, hey, but, man, I'm telling you, he's killing it. He's, he's but killing I'll it. tell you something. This is, this is part of what defund the police is. And again, I think it's a horrible word, a horrible phrase, but they actually the people who started it. And there are people out there that say abolish the police and they're fucking morons. Um, but the defund the police is a reform of the police. And I think that, that if people would just read what they say and not look at the term, it addresses a lot of this. And I think the problem is one, it's training. We keep talking about this. More training, better training, longer. I mean, you, you, what do you, it's like two weeks of hand-to-hand -hand combat. How long, I mean, the, to become a cop, it's, it's, it's not like, I mean, to be a teacher, you have to be like four years and get a teaching credential. And you have to have, to be a cop, it's not anything like that. It's not nearly that same level, but it, we're putting people's lives at risk and in danger. You should, there should be um, more training, more schooling for cops. There, we need to have, um, and better training. We need to have, we could easily do divisions. I mean, there are places in, in, in like England where they don't have guns. Now, according to the other people don't have guns, but the cops don't have guns. The cops still manage to take people in with knives and bats and hammers. They take them in alive all the time without a gun because they're trained differently and they're used to that. Now, there are people in, in England that have guns that are special cops that are brought in for the right situation. There is an armed gunman. There's something they need a gun with. There are specially trained people. I think we could easily do stuff like take certain domestic stuff, give it to social workers that are trained to deal with that, and maybe with one cop that's there to protect them in case something happens. I'm going to give you – let me jump in real quick. Sure. We have this program right now because uh, I'm a social worker, right. and homelessness is a very serious yeah. issue. We have a team of homeless people, I'm, I'm sorry, social workers that are nurse, a nurse, a social worker, a person that is a resource person on community resources, and we have a deputy from Rancho, and they go out together to help homeless people, mm -hmm. and they go and they have all these different resources and skills to yeah. talk to homeless people, and to this day, I haven't had seen or heard of a situation going south with a homeless person and they're mentally ill. They're at the rock bottom. They do sell drugs, but no shootings, no bad situations because why we have professionals of the different levels to go and help work with this situation. And you can see there's a video actually of a, of a white guy, a crazy white homeless guy that gets shot up by the cops at a, at a, at a bus bench. Have you ever seen that one? And he's screaming and yeah. yelling and he, he says something that he might, I don't even, I don't think he has a gun, but he's got somebody screaming and yelling. And they just blast him, bop, 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 because they're like, well, he's resisting. He's obviously either schizophrenic or on drugs, and he's nuts. He's, and it's like, really, you had to shoot this guy who was sitting on the ground? At a, and it's like, that's something where you have a social worker who knows how to deal with those things. Yeah. And maybe one cop who is armed in case it gets bad. Yes. But that cop isn't going to shoot when the social worker is there doing their business. You we, can do that. You, when, when you have traffic stops. Traffic cops could be unarmed. They could have mace. They could have a club. They could have a taser. And if they pull up, pull somebody over, and they run a plate, and it's a person with a with a warrant, they can then put an arm. And let me jump in there. Let me jump in there real quick. Sure. Because we have to go and we have to fix so much damage that's already been done. Right. People are like you said already. They're like ready to like people that are worried that the cops going to do harm to them. They're ready right. to defend themselves against police. Mm -hmm. So to do the traffic stop thing, we would have to start from scratch because we, we're, I would be afraid, honestly, to walk up to a car with no, with no gun. I would be terrified because a lot of our confrontations 
and I think I could get the statistics on it. Most officer-involved shootings actually happen on traffic stops because people nowadays, almost everybody carries a gun in their car. And so um, maybe what we need to do is find a different way to handle a traffic stop. Sure. Maybe so that people don't automatically feel a threat by the officer and maybe feel like, but, but right. let me ask you this question. And I ask this to both of you. We can never get, we'll probably never be able to stop people that sell drugs, people that rob people, people that carjack, people that commit rape. I mean, it's unfortunate, but we have people that are just bad. Yep. Right. We got to find a way to be able to determine that sooner than later so that we don't make mistakes. See, that's our problem. Cops are going in thinking everyone's bad when they don't know how to figure out who's now, bad and who's that, good. Now, see, just, I don't think that every cop goes in thinking that everybody is bad because if that were the case, we wouldn't have the disparity in, in who gets the, the lethal right. force versus right. who gets the handcuffs. So I do agree with you that now I think what actually should happen is everybody, they should look at everybody the same, look at everybody as a threat. Because either look at everybody as a threat or no one is a threat. It can't be the I'm going to pick and choose who is is it because I've seen videos of white dudes beating the shit out of cops. Like, and I'm just like, how the fuck are they not shooting this dude? Yeah. And I and, and every time it's someone that kind of just says, and this is what I was actually meant to say when we were talking before we went live. In order for me personally, in order for me to believe that white people get treated the exact same way as black people do, I'm gonna need to see it. I, I don't see it. I don't see the videos. I don't, I, the, 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 uh, I saw the video Ian brought up with, with, the, with the dude and I actually was surprised. I was like, man, they shot a white dude? <laughs> Whoa, you know? And even with the old dude that they pushed down, the old white, member the dude they pushed down, yeah. bust his head? Yeah, that, yeah. You, those, let me tell you how tripped out let me tell you how it doesn't happen that way so much because when I saw both of those, I was like, wait, they pushed an old white dude down? Wait a but, 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 but I will say, Ty, I, I, think, I think it does happen. I don't think it, ha I, you know how I where my stand on this. I, I do think it, but I do think it happens a lot more, a lot, not more than black people. And I do think it happens a lot to white people. Oh, a lot no, no, more no, no, I, no. But the reason I will say that the one thing where the right, if you want to call it, or the, the, Blue Lives people do have a point, and it's not a bad point necessarily, but the fact is that it is more politicized now because of racism. Of so we are more inclined to see the ones against black people because someone's going to politicize that and, and go, look, another black guy getting killed. So we probably don't see as many white people because it's not a thing that we are looking no, for. No, so, but, so, but, that's, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying for me specifically, and, and, and people that I know the thing like me, I would have to see, I would have to see that more to see, I would need to see more incidents like that because right. we all have the phones now. We all got sure. phones. So, so show us that to where we can be like, oh, here's another example of that. But when people say, oh, well, it happens all the time and we don't see, because if, I'm gonna tell you right now, and, and I want you to finish your point, David, but I wanted to make sure I said something else about the training yeah. really, really quick. But to, to, if, I'm, if I was white, and I was tired of black folks saying, man, I'm goddamn tired of black folks saying that we don't get shot just like them. 
I'm going to be scouring the goddamn internet, bro. I'm going to find it. I'm going to look and say, here, here's one. Here's another one. Here's another one. And if those things aren't being shown to me, I'm not like to Ian's point, I'm sure they happen. But if we don't see them as the general public, the perception still is out there that it's just us. So, so, so here's ahead, the thing. Ty, yeah, you know, Ty, really finish, David, and then we got to wrap. I'm getting okay. Uh, okay, we started. So Ty, late, Ty is Ty is right. Listen to me. Ty is right, and I'm going to tell you how you prove it. You watch these movies, Boys in the Hood, um, uh, Colors, um, uh, Blood In, Blood Out. Um, all these things, all they're depicting is Hispanic and 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 black folk as bad gangsters, as drug dealers. And I, I blame a lot of our society for putting race as a way of categorizing people. They have the right. bad guy almost all the time. You see the bad guys are making Hispanic black guys or even Asian guys, uh, you know, in the movie Tokyo Drift. And my point is, is that, you know, it's sad, but we have allowed ourselves to separate people when it comes to the, what we're, how we're looked at. And I think that, and you mentioned something that I want to really go back to. It's very important. You mentioned money and it's going to come back to money. And I'm going to tell you why. Bell, and I don't mean to bring it up, but Bell, they all got busted for what? They took your money, right? They took the money. They didn't use it. There's money. If they could take this money and they can put it towards the to neighborhood, towards police getting involved with the neighborhood and us becoming a friends, becoming family it, 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 and saying to cops, you know, I need to know every day on your log that you went to five different houses and introduced yourself and we got to know the people in your patrol area and you got to start doing on your downtime and, and we had enough cops to handle calls while cops did that PR stuff. Let me tell you something. We would all start working together and it wouldn't be a us versus them. We've created this us versus them and it's sad because to me, it's gotten worse with what's going on right now. It isn't about that. The guy that is upset about what's happened to, to people on the street is the same guy that could be a cop tomorrow. I mean, we are human beings and we're not treating each other like human beings anymore. It's really crazy. Right there. That, that, is, that is actually the perfect way to end it on. Uh, sorry, Paul, that we're going to do the quick wrap up. Um, so let me thank, again, I want to thank our guests. You know what's crazy, dude? Every time we have a cop on the show, they <laughs> knock it out the park. They knock it out the park. So, uh, again, thank you, David, uh, for You're joining welcome. us and the insight. Yeah, and um, thank you to all the uh, people that chimed in on this. We, are, we already got, we already got to bring, uh, bring David back. I'm yes. willing to come back because I know this is something that if we keep pushing it home, we might make a dent and things can start changing. we got to change this. Yeah. Quickly, Agreed. yes. Well, well th uh, thank everybody. Uh, you all know where to find Ty. You all know where to find me. You know, the po Critical and Thinking podcast, easy to find. iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook.com slash Critical Thinking. Subscribe to our page. We do it every Friday at noon. Uh, you can support us on Patreon.com. Uh, if David Dinkin does write a book, uh, buy it. it. Come back on to talk about it. And, um, yeah, that is it. We are super late, but thank you all very much for tuning in. And, critical uh, Thinking podcast, Ty Barnett. Ian Harris, we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, bye bye. Bro.